Welcome to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast with your host, Heather Mann. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast. My name is Heather Mann, and I am a human design reader and evolutionary astrologer from Melbourne. Uh, This is the 26th episode of the show, and today we're going to be um, speaking about something that I am super, super passionate about and have been reflecting on a lot lately, Um, really start of the starting places where holistic health and human design and astrology overlap and complement one another, like in a really um, beautiful way. But before we do get into that, I want to address what's going on on the world stage right now. Um, it just feels essential. It's been a devastating week for all black and indigenous people and communities around the world, but the fear, the injustice, the devastation, like from this type of systemic violence and injustice, it's nothing new. Um, even though if there are specific times where we do hear and speak about it now, it's nothing new. It is bred into the very fabric of our society and now what was to start with and still is for the most part for most people um peaceful protests about this important topic like it's been hijacked by certain groups of people who I feel from the reading I've done couldn't care less about George Floyd um instead using it as a way to protest their own agendas like I've watched I've watched videos of people chanting, kill the rich, uh, during those protests. So again, they've been completely hijacked and turned into something violent. And this is even more devastating because the violence then overrides the purpose of the protests to start with. But as a white woman who was born into and lives in huge amounts of privilege, just starting with the fact that my skin color and my appearance is accepted as correct by society, it's, I feel, it's unacceptable for me, even only having a tiny audience on this podcast, uh, to not share my voice on this topic. Because as we begin to do the work of undoing um, and seeing the generations of oppression and crimes against humanity that our families, our bloodlines have committed, We just can't fall into shame about the colour of our skin and all the the terrorism that it represents and just hide away and say nothing. I feel um, we must use our privilege to leverage conversations and bring awareness around both blatant and systemic unconscious racism. Uh, It's unavoidable. So... And I hadn't really fully decided if I was going to share this uh, because it might be met with a lot of resistance and hate, but I want to show what might be lurking down in the subconscious of us as white people because I feel we cannot during these times only speak about on social media the things that we are doing well, like looking for congratulations about the money we're donating and the work we're doing ourselves and all the people more racist than us that we've been calling out. Uh, We also, we really need to call ourselves out on our mistakes as well as, um, because none of us are totally innocent in all the different types and different expressions of racism that happen. And so I'm going to share a story from 
a couple of years ago. So in 2018, I first began examining my own subconscious biases around race. You know, at that time, I thought, like, I'm not racist. I did all the good things. I was preaching equality and love and whatever else. Um, And then I said one day, like, I just said, like, okay, I'm ready to see any unconscious bias around race that I may have inside me. And I swear, not even four hours later, I was looking at a discussion forum for uni and I saw a teacher had posted an update and without even consciously thinking it, when I saw that teacher in her little display picture was a black woman, I disregarded the message as unimportant. And that really woke me up. Like I just filled with so much shame, so much shock, so much disbelief that this type of poison lives inside me, like without my conscious uh, acknowledgement and to have the privilege of being able to sit there um, or to sit here and like record these words right now, to feel safe in my skin as I say this, um, Like, it's not up to black people to show us how biased we are. It's up to white people like myself, like you. And so I share this story really to ask you to look at what's lurking behind masks of love and oneness Um, because we're not all born equal. And if you think I'm disgusting and never want to listen to this podcast again after hearing that, okay, Um, that's something I really am okay with because this toxicity, this like white is right mentality that still does run through a lot of our ancestral conditioning, it needs to be surfaced. And if I even make just one person listening to this examine their own unconscious bias, then I have used this podcast to make a difference. And the shame that I have around this topic like it's there to be felt. And because I have the privilege to feel safe as I feel it, I needed to say something. Okay. So as I've been saying for the last few weeks, like this next 18 months with the South Node in Sagittarius and the North Node or our collective intended um, karmic evolution, this is not a time for us to get up on our soapbox and preach our own points of view without listening to other people. You know, that that is 100% a part of the old paradigm. It's what we're moving out of. Teachers of the new paradigm, they're not so much teachers as we are listeners. Like we're learning how to not speak over the top of other people, even if what they have to say scares us, revolts us, or goes against the truth that we've held to so dearly. Um, And, you know, so why like censorship, like why are a group of white males essentially at the heads of media companies, media companies and media collectives deciding what is truth and what is misinformation? Why are they the only people we allow to dictate what we read, listen to and are exposed to? And why are we really begging to have voices silenced? Why are we so grateful that censorship censorship is becoming a normalised part of being on the internet? You know, we need to learn discernment and strength in our own convictions. Like that is the healthy evolution of Sagittarius. So that rather than, um, you know, needing to beg to be protected from misinformation, 
we can hear what everybody else has to say and still hold strong in our own truth, knowing in our heart, because we are connected to our heart and what feels true for us, what we know to be true. We're so strong in that. We can hear everybody else's point of view and not feel misled, you know. We can be open to hearing things from a lot of different points of view, Gemini, but we don't need to be nannied. And this leads me really into today's into today's astrology and human design topic um, quite well. So censorship in the arena of natural health, you know, um, it's just something that I'm super, super passionate about because we did as a school. Um, I go to a small privately funded natural health university uh, in Australia. So we do get to have a bit more freedom in speech and education than nutrition programs, maybe in bigger unis. Um, But anyway, as a school last year, we did have a bit of a look at the censorship of natural health. And obviously now it's gotten a lot more intense um, this year since Saturn shifted into Aquarius and controls Saturn on technology, Aquarius have intensified. But the absence of information during the last few months about how to enhance immunity, how eating better food helps your health, the very fact that The most susceptible people to the virus are people with existing conditions mostly caused by metabolic diseases, such as diabetes and heart conditions, that we know are most often caused by standard Western diets. It all seems like all this information seems to have been brushed under the rug, or worse, shared and taken down from the internet as and labeled as misinformation. I don't think any of that could in any person, any rational person's mind, be framed as misinformation. Um, And that's why I know it's more important than ever for me to speak up about these topics, uh, even though, you know, they are a bit more controversial than standard astrology, um, because I'm lucky enough to learn about these things in a somewhat unbiased way, just due to the, um, the uni that I go to and all the reading and research that I do. So there's an entire branch of astrology that focus on, focuses on the astrology of health. Uh, it's called medical astrology, but that word medical obviously has a lot of connotations and stuff and meaning attached to it. And so I don't call it that um, maybe in my free time, but, you know, in the public, I will refer to it as well-being astrology or astrology of health or anything along those lines. Um, so we'll be looking at a little bit of that today, in particular the sun um, and what it represents in the astrology of health. So in Western natural medicine, uh, the the qi, the key of traditional Chinese medicine and, you know, the prana of Ayurvedic medicine is referred to as our vitality, the vital force of the person. This is the body's capacity and innate power to heal itself when given the right conditions and support to do so. It is the force uh, that makes us alive, really. It's the part of spirit that lives within the physical body. It is the missing link from Western medicine as it stands now, which for the most part sees the body as a machine, like a series of pieces that need to be fixed, that the doctor is the person doing the healing and the patient has no part to play in the healing journey except to sit still, ask no questions and do as they are told. I feel it is important for us to reclaim um, the healing practices of our own ancestry rather than appropriating those of other cultures. So as somebody, myself, like with a Celtic and English and Nordic 
ancestry, the healing practices of my my family were more or less burnt at the stake, essentially, like disregarded and branded as quackery. Um, but the vital force is something I really hold dear to my heart. You know, when I first heard about this concept, um, when I first began studying naturopathy, I was just completely smitten. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I guess it's something I've always known exists within us, but finally I had the wording for it. Western herbal medicine and astrology and healing is something I feel connected to, like through my through my bloodline. Um, see, each of the other traditional medicines taught in Australia, like the big ones I'll refer to here are Ayurveda and TCM, both have a method of categorizing people to help in the healing process. So the the elements play into this, like the five elements of traditional Chinese medicine and then the vata, kapha, and pitta in Ayurveda. But within Western traditional medicine, uh, naturopathy and the like, you would apparently think um, if you just went to naturopathy school or herbalism school and studied no astrology, you would think that we don't. You know, the four, the four humors was really rushed over in my first year subject first semester subject about the roots of naturopathic principles. Um, But when you truly explore the history of medical astrology, astrology and healthcare, um, it was really linked hand in hand, like medicine and astrology until a few centuries ago. Here is the map, the birth chart, that gives you a beautiful overview of the person, their body, their vitality, their past, the potential health and potential illness in their body, their mind and their spirit. And if all this has piqued your interest already, because I know, you know, me, when I first heard about medical astrology, I was like, what is this? I need to know more. Um, There are two people who I can recommend, you know, to go to other than this podcast, of course. Um, The first is Kira Sutherland. She's a naturopath and sports nutritionist who's also a medical astrologer. Um, She has courses on medical astrology online which, you know, I've taken and they're great. They're amazing. Um, Kelly Surtees is another astrologer. She has a six hour workshop on medical astrology on her website. Um, and Judith Hill has a series of books on the topic of medical astrology too, but let's get into it a bit here. So the vital force in health astrology is represented by the sun, the sign house and any aspects to the sun tell us about the strength and quality of the vitality of the person, as well as the conditions and life circumstances that might strengthen or weaken weaken the vital force of that person. Um, I use, you know, as you all know, I use human design and astrology together in my work and in human design, the vitality lives inside the sacral center. It is that sacred life force energy that we spoke about a few episodes back. Um, And if you don't have a defined sacral center, it doesn't say that your vitality is weaker or doesn't exist than those that do. It just needs to be cared for in a different way. It expresses itself in a different way. Um, Again, you know, I say it all the time, but nothing in human design or astrology is inherently better or worse. You know, we're just different. Uh, Anyway, the other way to bring in human design here is to zoom in on the specific gate that the sun lives in in the human design chart, which will give even deeper clarity around this specific expression and quality um, and ways to enhance your vital force too, or things that might impact it in a negative way too. So starting with the sign in astrology, um, I'm just going to give a little bit of an overview here because 
you know, we could talk forever. Um, the sun is a fire. The sun, having the sun in a fire sign is astrology is sort of said to be the brightest, clearest expression of the sun and vitality, but we really can't oversimplify it that much, um, you know, down to the element that the sun is in because Aries sun is probably going to burn, burn super brightly and then tend to overexertion and burn out too if they haven't sort of learned to care for themselves and know their own limits. Um, and, you know, Leo, might it might have a lot more staying power there. It's a fixed sign, so it might be able to kind of have a more steady output rather than a sudden shine, if that makes sense. Uh, the sun in water signs is said to be the trickiest placement for vitality. The vital force needs needs to be quite supported here as you know, the sun is hot and dry that, that are its qualities. And so it has the toughest time in wet, cold water signs. The exception here though is Scorpio. Again, there's, you know, we can't simplify it down to the elements because um, Scorpio might be a water sign, but the vitality in Scorpio's sun, it has a real tenacity to it, like a real coming back, clawing their way back. And as a Scorpio sun, I can attest to this. I can really feel that fight back inside my body every time that I get sick. It's like, oh, here we go again. Um, you know, we tend to get pushed down, but we can get up again, you know, with that classic Scorpio fight. Uh, the sun in earth signs, it has a quality of sustaining energy, you know, that's something that builds over time and then doesn't really uh, burn out too quickly. So my grandma is a Capricorn sun and I swear she has a few health issues. Uh, sure, like a replaced hip, a heart condition, but she just keeps pottering about her garden. She just keeps living. She takes care of herself so beautifully and she's really learned how to care for her body over her entire long lifetime. That's that's the earth sign, you know. It's like the seeds are planted in early life um, and it blooms and it blossoms as they get older. She just she just keeps living like she doesn't give up and her brightness and her vitality it ha really hasn't dimmed like even though she has those health problems the vitality is there and it honestly seems to grow brighter as she ages <clears throat> so then when we look at the sign when we you know take that we've looked at the sign and then we look at the sign we zoom in through the gates of human design um you know just to give us a few more details so for this, I'm going to use, you know, obviously I can't go through every single gate, every single sign, um, but I'm going to use myself and my sister as examples because, A, I know she doesn't listen to the podcast, um, B, I know she won't mind, and also I just know her well. So I'm going to be able to speak to this hopefully in a clear way. Uh, plus, we are both Scorpio suns, but we have different gates um, in human design that our sun is in. So as two Scorpio suns, we both have a vital force that almost thrives off challenges. Um, we like to rebuild. We, you know, we need to regain strength and use our power to come back um, to health and well-being. Like there's a real drive to survive and pull through that I do see in both of us. Um, then for me specifically, I have the sun and I'm talking about my conscious sun. So the black side of the human design chart um, from the actual day you were born. Uh, I have that in gate 28 in my human design chart. So it's called that is called the gate of the game player in human design. 
Um, and this gate in itself really represents the tenacity of Scorpio. This is the this is an energy of needing life to have purpose and needing to have something to live for, maybe to fight for, something to believe in. Uh, when I feel I have no purpose in life, I feel lower um, than I can even describe to you. The darkest moments of my life have been the times I have really sat at the edge of the abyss between life having meaning and purpose and life having none. And it's always been in those moments that I choose. Um, and, you know, I see this now as a force greater than a force greater than myself, which I now have the words for to be my vital force. That force comes through and says, like, the true meaning of life is existing for what you believe in your heart. And every time I get into those moods, um, they are less frequent now. Um, but they do still come, those dark holes where my mind tries to tell me that life is point pointless. Um, you know, I can get fired up with this, this fresh tenacity to keep at it, to keep toward the truth of my heart. And I am most my most vital. My vitality is the strongest when I feel my life has that purpose. And then Colleen, the sister I'm talking about, has her conscious son in gate 14, the gate of power skills, it's called in human design. Uh, and this gate is actually located within the sacral center. And so it has within it information about the vital force, about that sacred life force energy. Um, inside this gate lies the wisdom that our vitality can be quashed when we are forced to do work that our our soul, our spirit finds demeaning or mundane. Um, it speaks so much about how the work that we do is so tied into our senses of aliveness and of vitality. So Colleen is an occupational therapist and she's wanted to do that since she was 17 because she's so drawn to the philosophy that people are healthier, happier and better when engaged in meaningful occupation in work that they feel connected to. And this is the gate 14 philosophy. Like we, we can get led to believe that we have no power to do the work that we wish to do, but it is when we, despite the circumstances, such as being, you know, differently abled or whatever, whatever else is holding that person back, you know, that's what OTs work with people to overcome typically. Uh, when we do that, when we do that work that feels meaningful to us, whether that is, you know, pursuing a career or just playing tennis, we become more alive. Our vitality that has been suppressed is released. And there is that Scorpio sun tenacity too, standing up despite restricting circumstances. There is the understanding within Gate 14 that Colleen expresses in her work that doing things which we feel we want to even if the world or conditioning tries to tell us that we can't, like that, that very act enlivens us and heals us. So how good is this information? Honestly, I hope you're enjoying this. Um, I will touch briefly now on the houses in astrology before we finish up. So the house that the sun resides in can give information as to the circumstances which may support or hinder uh, depending on the house itself, as well as other factors like aspects and sign, um, you know, again, going on with the sun, the um, that support or hinder the expression of the vital force in the person. So I'm going to use Colleen and I as examples again, uh, because again, I can't, I can't go through every single house. Um, 
it feels like the best way to introduce you to integrating the information with your, you know, the knowledge that you have of your own birth chart. And now for anything to do with health, the astrology of health, I strongly suggest using whole sign houses rather than placidus or porphyry. So porphyry, um, you know, placidus is the house system that's just automatic on most online um, chart calculators. Porphyry is the system that I was originally originally trained to use in my evolutionary astrology education, but and it's you know the type that most evolutionary astrologers use. But since then, um, because the medical astrology practices, it's linked uh, to traditional astrology. I have shifted into using whole sign houses because it just makes a lot more sense and it just feels cleaner to me. So when you go to pull up your chart on astro.com, just choose extended chart selection and where you get that drop down menu asking you to select which house system that you want to use, I suggest selecting whole sign houses if you are looking at um, your chart through the eyes of health. Uh, or just in general too. It can just be a lot cleaner and sort of make a lot more sense. Um, Okay, so my son is in the eighth house. So the eighth house is a pretty complex and confusing place, but I think of it as encompassing a few things. So the house of merging with another person, um, that's where we get the idea of like uh, your spouse, you know, in traditional astrology um, and sort of that just like (laughs) – I guess, gender norm, um, your spouse's resources, your spouse's money, joining your money with another person um, or separating your money from another person in terms of divorce. Um, But then, you know, we can look at it as just merging with another person, um, opening your heart to another person. And then also what we inherit, what we inherit from our bloodlines, whether that is, again, financial Um, all the beliefs and trauma that we inherit uh, from our bloodlines too. The eighth house is a house of healing, a more kind of like psycho-spiritual healing maybe than the other houses of healing. Um, And it is a house where the veil between worlds is thin. So think again, that connection to the other side, uh, who has been and who is still here living inside us and living around us. It's really a mysterious house. So with the sun there, my vitality is going to be impacted a lot by what I have inherent inherited from my family. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing depends on the individual circumstances, but I have a long family history in my maternal line of heart, heart conditions, and also um, of being taken advantage of because we tend to want to assume the best in people. Uh, and then also Scorpio, you know, we can talk about the house like this. So Scorpio is connected to the organs of releasing toxins. So um, releasing anything really. So the lower digestive tract, the sweat glands, our emotions, the reproductive system, the always that we release from our body. And having Scorpio ruling my eighth house with my son there too would suggest and really does feel true that my digestive health um, and reproductive health too is dependent on my ability to release family and ancestral wounds. So that's just always been a big topic in my health. Um, And kind of, yeah, my ability to heal myself. So that vitality. 
Colleen has her son in the sixth house. So her son is still in Scorpio. So she has Scorpio ruling the sixth house um, and her son's there too. So one of the traditional houses of health is the sixth house. Um, This house speaks of the things that we do on a daily basis. So our rituals and how we are are of service kind of on on a daily basis. So that's why this house really is so connected to health because it's the little things that we do on a daily basis that add up to health or illness essentially or not health, you know. So like what we eat, whether we exercise, how we exercise, our mental health and how we care for it. Um, how well we sleep, the type of work that we do every day, what our body is actively involved in on a regular basis. And with her son here, we can think of that again in a number of ways. So firstly, with Scorpio ruling the sixth house, she needs to watch what she does on a daily basis, the habits that she she does regularly because they are directly connected to her lower digestive system and her reproductive organs, her reproductive health, you know, which, as I said, with myself, um, Scorpio rules. So whichever sign we have in the sixth house as that, you know, one of the main houses of health, it's going to be very important for our well-being because the body's systems and organs that are ruled by that sign will be most impacted by our daily activities and habits that we do regularly. And then with her son there, we can see that her vitality, her vital force, her body's like ability to heal itself is strengthened or weakened by her daily rituals. What she does every day, the work she does, and how she is of service to both herself and others is one of the main arenas for caring like caring for her vitality, taking care of her vitality. And, you know, you can see how that links with her gate 14 too. Like often these these um, sort of themes will be repeated throughout the chart. So there's so much wisdom to be gleaned from this way of thinking about our bodies and astrology and human design. Um, okay, so that's going to be a wrap for this week. As always, Uh, share this podcast around if you feel like it. Um, Come play on Instagram during the week if you feel like it. I am at underscore Heather Mann. Um, I love you lots and I hope that you have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast. If you've taken anything from the show or learned anything I'd love it if you would leave me a friendly uh, rating or review on iTunes or whatever kind of podcasting app that you utilize and if you want to connect with me via the internet uh, my Instagram is underscore Heather Mann and my website will be linked in the show notes it's www.heathermanhumandesign.com I will see you next week Mm -hmm.